Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Successful Parents, a Smart Student Successful Parents podcast. And um, I am back here again this week with a new guest, and her name is April Coleman. Welcome to the show, April. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. So um, are you a doctor or, yes, you are, and I apologize for not giving your title, Dr. April Coleman. Yes, yes, I am. (laughs) I am um, a Georgia licensed psychologist. Um, And so I have been um, in private practice now for going on, goodness, nine years, and I work specifically with uh, individuals age two through 18 years old um, and do some work with young adults and specifically doing assessments for learning differences, ADHD, autism, and just general developmental and neurocognitive challenges. Um, And so I see my fair share uh, throughout the week when it comes to uh, my work, uh, when it comes to education and uh, parenting consults and guidance and support. So pretty busy days, especially uh, this time of year for me when school is going to be ending in the next month or so. And then it's going to be picking right back up, right? Right, exactly. Yes, midsummer things start to really get busy again because then we got to transition into the fall and the new school year. So uh, definitely keeping me on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> I am sure it is. And I know, gosh, I know you work for the Georgia Autism Center mm-hmm. um, yes, and, yes. in Gwinnett and mm-hmm. um, that you could service anybody throughout the entire Atlanta area mm-hmm. and beyond, right? Yes, That's yes. So yes, absolutely. So we, you know, definitely have um, a lot of families that we see in Metro Atlanta, but we also serve uh, middle Georgia and also Southern Georgia. And we do have a few families that actually travel from nearby uh, states, including Alabama and South Carolina, to come to uh, the Georgia Autism Center, which I like to call GAC, um, to receive our services just because we are very comprehensive in what we do. And once we do the assessment, we continue to stay in contact to provide that consultation and support for our families. And I think that really sets us apart from other uh, places that do the same types of assessments that we do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love your, you know, what you guys do. And it's very important, um, especially now um, after everything that's occurred the last two years, as we know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of issues, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But I, first, I want you to tell the uh, audience a little mm-hmm. bit about your journey and what mm-hmm. got you to where you are today. 
Absolutely. So I started off in the mental health field straight out of college um, in, oh goodness, it's been what, 2007. Um, And so I first got my, I first was doing a lot of work for um, child protective services, doing a lot of work with children in foster care. And in my time doing those assessments, I started to see a lot of children with learning challenges, learning differences, and general developmental delays. And so I was, you know, of course, that made these children much more vulnerable to abuse. And it was just an ongoing theme that I was seeing. And so as I started graduate school in 2007, 2008, and started doing a lot more work in the field, I'd made the decision, okay, let me kind of transition away from doing so much trauma work and let me let me focus more on gaining clinical skills when it comes to things like ADHD and autism spectrum disorder um, and learning differences, things like dyslexia um, and dysgraphia when it comes to reading and writing. And so I made the transition as I went through grad school to focus on those areas. But of course, I couldn't get away from all the trauma work transitioned out of grad school, graduated, got my doctoral degree and was working for Child Protective Services full time. Um, And again, the theme was there again. And so I said, okay, I am transitioning out of working for Child Protective Services. I'm going to go into private practice. So I, um, I made that leap of faith to do that and started doing much more work in that area, honing in specifically on clinical assessment in those areas and then have continued that journey and then decided, let me specialize even more than just, you know, just the general pediatric challenges that children have. And so that's where Georgia Autism Center came uh, along with my partner and associate, Dr. Jamie Fox. And so at that point, the decision was, okay, let's just focus on neurodevelopment. Let's work on ASD. Let's focus on ADHD. Let's focus on learning differences, children with you know, neurological conditions, anxiety. And so at this point, that's all that I do. Assessments for those particular areas and providing that parent support and consultation once a diagnosis or identification of weaknesses have been determined. Mm, wow. So, yeah. yeah, that's amazing. I really, ooh, I love my psychologist at the school. She was awesome. I mean, y'all's value to parents today is even more profound, let me just say. Yes, absolutely. Like the past two years have been, I think it's been a a whirlwind when it comes to just, you know, trying to meet the needs of all of the families that I see and making sure that I'm figuring out like what's going on, especially in the world of the digital learning that the kids have been having to deal with. And, you know, there's been increases in anxiety and parents realizing, okay, there's something else going on with my child when it comes to learning or attention and focus. And I'm getting a lot more Um, parents contacting and asking like does my child need an assessment like what's happening like do we need to move forward with this what do we do because they don't know like where do we go from here Uh so it's been definitely um, a journey uh, these past two years (laughs) (laughs) Um, so let's talk about there are times when children may have trouble in Mm -hmm. school (laughs) uh, many times at some mm-hmm. point, a child's probably going to have trouble in school. But Absolutely. When does it, yeah, but when does it get to the point where a parent or a caregiver 
should uh, seek out an evaluation for their child. I get this all the time. They're yeah. never really sure. Absolutely. So it's one of those things. One of the first things that I ask parents is, okay, you know, how long have you been worried? You know, or is it a recent concern? Is this something that you have been worried about for a while with your child as far as what you're noticing? You know, what's happening? Because one thing we do know is that kids do struggle from time to time in school. You know, there might be some, there may be a subject or a concept that's harder for them. But typically, if they get some extra support, they can move on from it, learn, and, you know, they have moved on to the next subject. But you have those children where even with those supports, it's still an ongoing battle and an ongoing challenge and parents aren't seeing any changes. Teachers aren't seeing any changes and it's starting to get in the way of school. It's also starting to affect the child outside of school. You know, are they seeing these difficulties at home? Is it becoming an ongoing thing? And if that's the case, then at that point, I would say absolutely an educational assessment is definitely needed to figure out what else could be going on and what can we do to try to better support the child. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you know, we can't all know everything, right? Not, no. not even doctors or pediatricians mm -hmm. can pick up on, you know, academic type disabilities. Right. Mm -hmm. They can only, and this is where <laughs> I get a lot of it. I mean, a lot of times first they have to go to a a lot of people will go to a pediatrician, right? right. Because mm -hmm. it's covered under insurance, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But explain, okay, so a lot of times they can go there and I guess they give them a form and then teachers can fill out these forms, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And then it shows some mm -hmm. things There's that parents something. probably are not yeah. seeing. At right, mm-hmm. Yeah, there are instances. Bunches yes. of teachers that are doing mm -hmm. it or maybe in elementary might be two or three. Right. Right. Um, but you get other people's viewpoint and they're the ones who are observing these children for mm -hmm. eight hours of a day, your day. And right. You're not mm -hmm. there as a parent. Right. <laughs> That's true. Mm -hmm. And they may be acting a little differently at school than, than they are at home. Yeah. What's going on mm -hmm. at home or you as a parent, you're busy. So you don't recognize it, parents. Um, Mm -hmm. So the eyes are on them all day long for eight hours a day. At exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And teachers pick up on things and those red flags come up on those forms and pediatrician is like, Hey, I think we might do, might need to look further into this and we'll make a referral, you know, for the family to see a psychologist. And then that's where I come in, you know, to be able to help figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it, initially is like a just a conversation about okay what's going on what's the what made you decide to reach out to me and then from there kind of talk about one of the biggest things you want to ask on the front end is how long have you been concerned about this um where are you seeing the challenges what are teachers saying and then typically in those instances I say okay it's probably a good idea to let's move forward get an assessment done figure out strengths figure out where there's challenges and then come up with a plan of action once we know what's going on. I believe in plans of action. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> I believe in catching it early. Yes. Child can get the strategies they need or solve. Absolutely. The <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. let's talk about uh, this word anxiety that is like, uh, it seems to be everywhere these days. Oh, um, yes. So anxiety has become more pronounced for children as it relates to schoolwork and the school environment in general. 
Mm -hmm. um, can a child be evaluated to confirm that? And if so, what are the signs to suggest that this anxiety should be further explored? So parents kind of okay. Yeah. So anxiety has, oh my goodness, like I, in my work in the field, I've seen a lot of presentations of anxiety over time, but I feel like in the past two years, it has really skyrocketed. Um, the pressures of school in general, the pressures of test taking, the pressures of trying to keep up with digital learning, going back and forth between in-person and those types of things. It has really, really affected children. I would say um, I've seen children as young as five and six-year-old where they are showing signs of anxiety. Um, and not just to a, a small degree, but pretty uh, significant to the point that families are having to do a lot of reassurance, their school refusal, and those types of things. So when it comes to anxiety and parents express concern, I take an approach of starting first with, okay, let's explore, is it, is it related to school? And then from there, is it affecting other areas? Are there other forms of anxiety and fears and worry that are happening for a child? And yes, there are various assessments that you can do to kind of help pinpoint, like, is it beyond just test anxiety or is it beyond just school anxiety and how it's affecting the child? There's times where the anxiety ends up being because of learning uh, differences. Doesn't always have to be, but a lot of times it is. And so one of the the things that I tell parents is if it's, if it's getting to the point where you're a lot of time is being taken to reassure your child about different components of their lives, if there's, if there's frequent school refusal, is there a lot more meltdowns and uh, um, irritability and crying and there's like really no identified trigger, you know, is, are there sleeping issues? Are teachers reporting like behavior challenges in the classroom? Are parents noticing, you know, different uh, behaviors at home? Those are some of the things where it's like, okay, something may be going on. Physical complaints, and there's no like documented medical reason. Pediatrician or, you know, urgent care or primary care doctor hasn't found any medical reason for those physical ailments, headaches and stomach aches and all those types of things. Then it's probably at that point, it's time to really, you know, seek out that support, whether it's, you know, with an assessment or even doing some therapy, you know, with a counselor or a mental health professional, um, because if it's getting to the point where you're spending so much time focusing on helping your child through these things and having to do so much reassurance, that's impair impairing the child's functioning and probably disrupting the home life and the general life of the child as well. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. Yeah, that's uh, whew, something definitely that parents are definitely encountering more so mm -hmm. today. A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. Daniel received 20 hours of ACT prep from Dynamis Learning Academy. He also did a little prep himself beforehand, but found he was more accountable to his ACT prep tutor when he had him. His mom wanted him to increase his score by six points on the ACT, which he did once he worked diligently with Dynamis Learning Academy. Why allow your child to struggle in prepping for an exam such as this? Reach out and have a qualified ACT prep tutor help your child reach his potential and score high on the ACT. We can be reached at 770-282-9931. Thank you.
have diagnosed a child with a disorder, uh, such as ADHD, which I think is one of the most popular to this day, yes. uh, or a learning disability, mm-hmm. dyslexia is definitely, as a 504 chair, I definitely was seeing a lot more uh-huh. of that. Mm-hmm. And I see it in Dynamis Learning Academy too. Yeah. Um, so what recommendations do you make to a family as the first priority? Okay. So one of the thing that I think is most important, once you have had an evaluation done and you have received that written report from the psychologist who completed it, is to schedule a follow-up or feedback session. I cannot stress that enough. That to me is the most important part of the evaluation process. Because in that session, what's going to happen is that as the parent, they have the opportunity to get all of their questions answered, be able to get things clarified, to be able to become educated on their child's symptoms and diagnosis and what it means for their child. Those things are so important as far as top priority, because in that session, I also like to call them brainstorming sessions, because the approach I take is to come up with the first three prioritizing steps once you've gotten that diagnosis because there's so many recommendations that Mm. are put in these reports but you want to prioritize what parents should be doing and so I have my three things that I like to tell parents okay so let's talk about you know what this means for your child these are uh, the symptoms that we figured out are contributing to challenges and this is what it looks like. This is how we came up with the diagnosis. How can this affect your child on the different levels of schooling, um, inside and outside of school? From there, having a conversation with your child, because at this point, that can be one of the most empowering things for him or her, because it helps them learn the reason behind what has been going on for him or her. They now have answers about, oh, this is why it may take me longer to complete this test, or this may be why I have to read something more than once before it makes sense. Or maybe this is why math seems like such a foreign language to me and I can't keep up with the steps. So having that open conversation. And as a psychologist, you can help the parents develop the tools that they need to talk with their child about the diagnosis. You know, using words and terms that the child can understand, reassuring with the child, you know, being able to explain that it's not something that they did. It's not their fault why they have these learning differences Mm. or why they have this diagnosis of ADHD. And also being sure to point out their strengths. So in that conversation, definitely making sure that you are being as encouraging and as empowering and really focusing on, even though you may have these learning differences, or even though it may be harder for you to focus, but look at all of these things that you're really good at. That's what matters even more. Uh And then from there, being able to research and implement the interventions. And so this is also where the psychologist can come in to help you and point you in the uh, best direction. Like for example, you know, making a referral to a learner, a learning sister, a, a learning center, you know, you know, being able to come to you, Helen, for those uh, supports mm-hmm. when it comes to writing or reading or whatever the case is, you know, um, other things too, maybe uh, the child has some secondary anxiety that needs to be addressed. So being able to point families in the best direction as far as a therapist who can work on, you know, coping skills and relaxation training, but also both self-confidence because of the learning differences. Um, Maybe the child needs to, you know, get further assessed for speech and language challenges. So you'd have the family seek out supports with the speech and language pathologist. So educating yourself on 
you know, what the diagnosis means for your child, having that conversation with your child, and then helping that family and directing them in the best direction as far as interventions to help set their child up for success. I love that. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes, because um, they, they may need an OT. And they mm -hmm. don't even know that Absolutely. it has to do with something about writing. I can't tell you how many times I see a child holding their pencil incorrectly. Yes. The five, the five finger uh, grip. Yes. 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 I think I've seen a third grader like that recently that mm -hmm. we've tutored and a, now a first grader. I just noticed yes. yesterday. Yes. I and make I'm a lot saying, of recommendations for that. A lot of people won't help them change that. I've, 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 kind of hearing that out there right. mm -hmm. because this is like this really can put a lot of pressure and pain and discomfort in the hand and it can really contribute to having a hard time with being able to write legibly and you know uh, sign your name in a signature and being able to get your thoughts organized on paper like all of those things can interfere if you're having challenges with how you're holding that pencil Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't hurt them yet, it might. It might, <laughs> as, right, as those writing demands increase in school, absolutely. Definitely. Luckily, they've got a computer to type now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That'll help them. But yes. that's when you might need a 504 plan to say right. you want everything that you're exactly. type. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've, I've sat in just recently getting a child who definitely had a processing disorder and a working memory issue into special ed and uh -huh. um, Gwinnett. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I mean, I know the parent was upset about that because she's two years behind in reading and my tutors really helped them, but you know, they are two years behind in reading uh -huh. and they were wondering why that was not picked up. But when she was in first grade, I think there was a little bit of hints maybe okay. from what the, uh, the psychologist said that something yeah. might've been going on. But a lot of times, I think you could probably say to this, uh, Dr. Coleman, that mm -hmm. and sometimes it's, you can't do it too young. Like, I right. Think you it can be difficult. Yes. I would say like when I have parents come in and it's, and it's like that kindergarten, first grade time, it can be really difficult to really say this is like a full-fledged diagnosis. And I'll tell families, okay, let's monitor this. There are some things that could potentially be going on, but let's kind of wait until that second grade year when the demands in school really start to change to really see if this is a full-fledged uh, learning difference that the child is ha having because you don't want to like label something if it's not truly something that is going to be an ongoing you know learning difference for the child so you don't want to ever really jump the gun when it comes to those things so usually by the summer second grade mm -hmm. or third grade yes. give mm -hmm. third grade a little bit of a chance so yes. that's what happened and then COVID happened, all right, and then right. schools went to virtual, so mm -hmm. teachers couldn't see what was going on. <laughs> no, computer, right, absolutely and then not. Fourth grade was still some yeah, kind of little hit of Sometimes they were out. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So then, then I got the call in February of this year, her fifth grade year, uh, which is already halfway through. Yeah, she is ESOL, so that already okay. signifies right from another nationality. Right. So that already signifies she's going to have some issues with reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she also has issues with math. My so, goodness. Yeah, I know the parent was upset, but really, I think they were more concerned about 
the child being labeled, let's say. Yeah. And I, I like the way yeah. you just put that about, you need to focus on their strengths, number yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. I try to get parents to really focus on that. Let's not just talk about your concerns. Let's not just talk about what you feel like are weaker areas for your child, but let's also tell me about what do you feel like they're good at? And I also, if I have a child who's, you know, um, is strong verbally to also ask the child to identify like what kinds of things do you feel like you're good at like what do you believe are your strengths and the things that make you unique and different from other people so that they also get in that practice of building their self-confidence and tooting their own horn a little bit about these are the things that I really can do even though reading might be harder for me but I'm really good at art or I'm really good at problem solving you know that type of thing and being able to help them pull out those strengths because I don't know that that happens enough for some of the kids that I see. I agree. Yep. Well, tell tell the audience where they can reach you because I, I would think some need to reach out to you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the two best ways to reach out to me, um, you can email me at drapril at georgiaautismcenter.com um, or you can find me on Instagram, Dr. AC Knows Best. Um, and there you also can contact, through, uh, contact me via phone at my office or also through email and uh, website also if you decide that you want to move forward with booking an appointment www.georgiaautismcenter.com you also can um, uh, reach out to me via email in order to uh, obtain a 30-minute free parent consult and we can talk more about whether or not you know um, it makes sense to get an evaluation done at this point, or maybe um, you just need some guidance and support about things that are going on with your child. I'm more than happy to help. So absolutely feel free to reach out to me if you need to. I, I really do appreciate and value what psychologists do today. And I'm sure Thank you. many Thank people you. do because it's very crucial, about as crucial as a pediatrician, to be honest yeah, with you, if you not know. more so. So you know, I really, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show. I know we've been thank trying you for to having me. <laughs> <laughs> and I am so excited to be able to release this podcast so that parents can really get a lot of value from it. And, Absolutely. Um, and then mm -hmm. all the information folks that she just shared with you, the website, the Instagram uh, link and everything is going to be in podcast notes. So you don't have to worry about trying to memorize that or write it down. It will be right there for you. <laughs> So thank you very much, Dr. Coleman, for coming on today. And thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Well, everybody, you have a great rest of your day, and we will I'm... see you again very soon. All Bye right. <laughs>
at dynamislearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.